Good afternoon, Richmond Fire family, and welcome to another episode of the Richmond Fire Dialogues. Today, joining me, I have Captain Travis Stokes, Lieutenant Kiwan Donahue, and DPO and newly promoted Lieutenant Scott Koppelman. My name is Captain Michael Wilkins, and today's topic is the importance of education and training in the fire service. So let's start with introductions. Uh, Scott Koppelman, would you like to tell us about yourself, name, current assignment, years of service? Sure. So uh, my name is Scott Koppelman. I've been at the Richmond Fire Department uh, just about four years now. I uh, came in as a, a lateral, and before working for the city of Richmond, I worked for uh, the city of Williamsburg as a firefighter paramedic. And uh, I was also a volunteer firefighter for nine years prior to that. And I also worked as a paramedic and EMT in New Jersey uh, before moving down to Virginia. Currently assigned to Station 10 on the C-Shift, uh, which is the Engine 10 and Rescue 2, or serve on the Technical Rescue Team. Okay. And as you said, I was just promoted to lieutenant, so I'll be finding out where my assignment is from there. Great. And congratulations again, Scott. Thank you. Lieutenant Donahue. Uh, I'm Kiwan Donahue. Um, I began my fire service career back in 2004 in Colleen, Texas, uh, before coming back to the area. I uh, settled in Hopewell, Hopewell, Virginia, um, where uh, I spent uh, um, 10 years, uh, in which six I served as a, as a, as a captain. Um, came to Richmond back in 2018. Um, um, Lieutenant Koppelman, this is one of, my, one of my classmates. I'm currently assigned to Engine Company 17 um, on the south side. Great. And fun fact, I uh, met Lieutenant Donahue in 2014 at the Virginia Fire Chiefs Fire Officer Academy. So we've been friends and good colleagues and supporters of one another since then. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Captain Stokes. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. This is Captain Travis Stokes, currently assigned to Fire Station 17 on the B shift. I um, started my fire service career in 2008 in Prince George County, Virginia. Um, that's how I know Donahue for quite some time due to Prince George and Hopewell being such uh, close proximity to each other. So we've been friends for a uh, course of a couple of years. Um, I was a student down at Odomi University when I got hired from Richmond Fire. I've been here for roughly going on 10 years now. Um, recently moved, promoted, uh, captain, and moved right back out to the field. So I'm enjoying my assignment now on a 17B shift. Great. Welcome. So again, the topic of discussion today is the importance of education and training in the fire service. So, Lieutenant Koppelman, simply put, why is the education and training important to the fire service? Well, I feel like there's really so many reasons why both are very important, and although they're similar, they are separate topics. So I'd like to start out with training. I think training is essential to keep up our skills because uh, we don't use all of our skills every single day. There are different types of fires or different types of emergencies that we respond to and there's a different technique for everything you can possibly think of and in order to stay sharp on these things you need to constantly be practicing, you need to develop new techniques for things sure. and you really need to just stay innovative because buildings are changing, the way we respond to calls are changing so it's always important to stay up on your training and your skills. Now, as far as education, it really gives you the building blocks to do everything that we do. So something as simple as responding to an email or writing an EMS report. Mm -hmm. If you have experience in school and developing reports, then it's going to be easy for you to do those things because you, you have those English skills, those writing skills, and it, it won't seem like such a challenge for you. And for some people, it may. Sure. That's a great point. The uh, industry's changing. Mm -hmm. Technology's changing. So... In a sense, the job has changed. Right, before. absolutely. So. Lieutenant Donahue. Well, I definitely agree with um, with um, 
Lucinda Koppelman, um, from, from the aspect that uh, we're constantly evolving. Um, we serve uh, people, uh, and, and uh, people are constantly evolving. Technology is evolving, and I think that we have to stay at the tip of the spear when it comes to our training. Uh, as far as education, um, you know, if you look at statistics, um, a, lot of the, a lot of the things that we do are, um, like you were saying, uh, reports, uh, quality improvement, critical thinking, um, uh, strategic planning. These are things that you're going to learn uh, in a classroom. Um, and it doesn't necessarily always, um, um, doesn't, doesn't make you or break you as a company officer, but it just it gives you more tools in your toolbox to, to uh, not only serve your company, but as well serve your organization. Sure. So, Captain, Doctor, Doctor Captain Stokes. Whichever one you want to do first is fine with me. <laughs> so, why is education and training important to you in the fire service? Uh, I was going to tie into some of the same uh, similar things that uh, Lieutenant Donahue, Lieutenant uh, Kaufman was talking about as well. Um, I'll start with the educational piece. So, uh, it's very strange. I will say, in the sense of you know, you don't see a lot of individuals with a doctor degree in the fire service. Um, has it helped me develop and hone some skills? Um, to help me get to that next level? Absolutely it has. Um, do I believe, you know, you need a doctor in the fire service? I don't, but the educational piece and the foundation of things that I've learned over the course of years has really helped me excel in my fire service career. I believe it's important. Um, it allows you to be able to public speak. Um, it allows you to be able to um, prepare and brief reports, EMS reports, a lot of things that we do on a daily basis that are outside of just fighting fires sure. um, is essential and a, a, an impressive need for that company officer or that chief officer as well. Um, in terms of training, training is definitely important. And I say it in the sense is the fire service is constantly evolving. Um, you can talk to any of the older individuals that's been here for 20, 25, or 30 plus years, and it will talk to you about how things were during their time and, and, and kind of tie into some of the uh, similarities of the modern day fire service. Um, different building construction, different technologies, different alarm systems, just a, a wide variety of different things that you have to train on to stay up to date. Um, I believe in muscle memory. So having that training ability to build that muscle memory so it's almost second nature allows you to be able to excel and not only keep yourself safe, but keep the members around you safe as well. Sure. So since joining the Richmond Fire, I'd like to discuss some of the education and training you've obtained. Uh, and this is an interesting panel because uh, <coughs> Lieutenant Koppelman, you're with the technical rescue team with Richmond yep. Fire. Lieutenant Donahue, you've been a part of the hazmat team. And Captain Stokes, you've been a part of the phone suppression team. So. Uh, Lieutenant Koppelman. Sure. Well, uh, I'll start out with I became a field training instructor uh, pretty shortly after getting off probation here, which is not overly common. However, being that I had relatively extensive experience before coming in here, I was lucky enough that I was given the opportunity uh, by my company officer at the time and the training academy to be trusted with a position like that. And I helped develop uh, the Mayday in-service training that we did a couple years ago. And I also went on to become a DPO instructor. Uh, level two pro board instructor uh, and a re-op instructor. So I do a lot of the teaching and training for our driver operator program here. Uh, and I've also been involved in the recent high rise training uh, and several other uh, large scale training events that we've done within the fire department. Mm -hmm. I also stay pretty busy with training as far as technical rescue uh, because there are so many classes that are involved with it and just an enormous amount of training responsibility. Uh, so I took part in the recent rescue challenge we had earlier in this year uh, for the first time, which I really enjoyed. I got to go to the top of the Intimidator <coughs> roller coaster, which is one of my favorite parts to do, being 300 feet high in the air. Um, I'm also uh, 
I completed my associate's degree in fire science while working here for the Richmond Fire Department in 2019. I'm also a current student uh, for Bachelor of Fire Administration, and I'm hoping to complete that degree soon as well. Uh, I'm also looking forward to, as a co new company officer, developing my people and coming up with new training ideas for them. Sure. And there's, uh, as you know, continuous training in the technical rescue field. Right. Um, and you've also... Uh, <coughs> registered to attend the collapse school in Virginia Beach this fall? That's correct, yes. So next month I'm supposed to go to Virginia Beach for the structural collapse technician class, which is supposed to be one of the most difficult uh, courses offered in the fire service in the whole country. So I'm very excited to have the opportunity to go to that training. And um, as we we're talking about the developing technology and changes in the fire service, technical rescue is probably one of the fastest developing uh, aspects of the fire service. There's new technology and equipment coming out continuously, sure. and that's something you really, really have to stay up on, and it, they are very perishable skills. Absolutely, and that's a good point. Um, it seems like every five years there's a new latest and greatest gadget. Right, right. Um, all the skills are perishable, so there's continuous training and education in that field. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Captain Stokes. Uh, so uh, before I was promoted to lieutenant, I was assigned to fire station 21 as a foam technician. Um, absolutely love the foam stuff. We do a lot of joint training with uh, Chesterfield County. Our brothers and sisters that are in close proximity um, to us at fire station uh, number three. Um, I was a student at Old Dominion University. I was working on my bachelor's degree in health sciences when I got hired here uh, at Richmond Fire Department in 2013. I finished my last semester online when I was actually <laughs> in the academy, so I was a student at ODU and um, full-time in the academy here. Um, I know I wanted to continue my education because it was just something that was personal to me and some, uh, some certain goals that I wanted to work toward. Um, I decided to go back to Liberty University and um, finish my master's degree in um, public health with a concentration in health promotion. And I wanted to go back one more time, unfortunately, <laughs> awesome. and decided to uh, finish my doctor from Eastern Virginia Medical School in health sciences. When I was promoted to lieutenant, um, I was hoping I was going back out to the, going to remain in the field, but I was actually sent down to uh, fire headquarters. Uh, to work in the ESU section with uh, Chief Tracy Thomas. Now, I think we believe it was February 14th, it was Valentine's Day when we got promoted and the pandemic hit that following month in March. So freshly, uh, freshly equipped with a, uh, a wealth of knowledge and different skills and things I've learned um, doing my doctorate program, I was able to apply many of those things to help support the city in the COVID pandemic. Uh, specifically addressing healthcare disparities and the disparate health conditions that continue to um, impact Richmond. Um, over the course of time there, I was also able to help our members by just leading the COVID hot, um, hotline. I uh, became a certified designated infection control officer and a variety of other classes that I was able to take as well to help improve the overall status um, of the Richmond Fire Department. Um, I think health um, is an important topic. Uh, we see a lot of our brothers and sisters now these days um, being diagnosed with cancer um, or suffer from some type of cardiovascular event after um, a fire or a variety just of, of different things that the fire service is dealing with. So I like to take a lot of my education and apply that to my brothers and sisters, not only throughout the Richard Fire Department, but to other surrounding counties as well, and actually speak on the subject of disparate health conditions and how we can use the fire service to improve the communities that we serve. 
by understanding these individuals and understanding that you know the things that they're going through is not necessarily something that they they choose to go through you have to understand the history of certain areas specifically in the uh the richmond area if you look at a map from 1921 and you look at just the red lining effects of the city of richmond and you look at some of the areas of how they are now understand just the, the lack of access to materials or the lack of, uh, of access to uh, you know medical facilities and hospitals have crippled these areas for a continuous amount of time. So at times when we go to some of these areas and we see that people are dealing with uh, some of the most challenging things in terms of uh, public health, uh, we got to understand the history and why it's like this. Sure. And uh, thank you for your work through that time. <coughs> and we mentioned uh, changing and I guess new developing technology. How would you say uh, the online learning platform assisted you with obtaining your education? Uh, I actually love the online um, platform. Um, it's, it's challenging in the sense you have to really be self-motivated. It's not like showing up to class every day and having to sit there and having to be somewhere at a certain period of time. Sure. Um, it's it's kind of built at your own pace. Um, fortunate, uh, I was fortunate to go through Liberty's program, their Masters of Public Health, and it was an amazing program. I still stay in contact with some of my um, online instructors and some of the students um, to this day. Um, it allowed me to have that flexibility to continue my education, but also True. work full time as a firefighter as well. True. Um, when I was at ODU, I had to make that split decision. I said, hey, you know, I'm going to complete the last remaining classes that I have to complete that have to be in person on campus. And I'll take this job at Richmond Fire Department, and I'll be able to finish my you know, my bachelor's degree sure. with the remaining classes online. Okay. So just using that online platform, it has allowed me to continue my education, not only you know um, experience it from a, a different lens, but to educate other other individuals around me and allow them to see, hey, you know, it, it can be difficult going through college, but at the same time, you know, there's so, so many opportunities out there for you to excel in your education. If that's something that you choose to do. Sure, Lieutenant Donahue. Um, my education, um, sports education, uh, I have a, a degree in marketing. Um, I got from St. Paul's College. Uh, that school closed down um, back in, I think, 2010, 20, uh, I think 2010. Um, and uh, being in the fire service, um, I felt I had to pivot. And even even being in it um, for a while, I remember uh, my chief in my previous department spoke in 2009 about the FESHI model. And I saw the kind of the writing on the wall of, of, of where the fire service was going, and I said one of my uh, career ambitions was to be uh, a chief officer uh, by the end of my career. And um, he told me, uh, he pretty much showed me a book at the time, it's a real small pamphlet that showed you uh, what you had to do um, to get there um, and, and what the national standard or national framework was been, that had been put out back then, uh, maybe, it's, maybe in its infancy. Um, and um, I'm currently enrolled in uh, Columbia Southern. I got about, like probably December of next year, I'll be finishing. Uh, with my fire service administration degree, um, I'm a um, EMT. Uh, I uh, was ALF, been an ALF provider for over ten years. Uh, hazmat technician. Um, I, I'm constantly, um, constantly investing in education and training. Um, I don't think that uh, I don't think you can ever uh, rest in this in this job. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. Okay. So you mentioned the uh, FESHI model, which uh, stands for Fire and Emergency Services, Higher Education. What does the Richmond Fire Department re require in order to uh, meet requirements, minimum requirements for promotion? Can you um, well, it's different for each level of, of promotion. Uh, so now we recently created our DPO, or Promoted Driver Operator position. And for that position, <coughs> uh, I believe we do actually require a college level course now. 
of, um, uh, I believe it's something in terms of fire service or um, fire protection systems, um, as well as our re-op Richmond engine operator program and the state driver pump operator program. Sure. Uh, then when you move up to the lieutenant level, we require 30 college credits, uh, which also have some specific fire science-based type courses, uh, as well as fire officer one uh, and, and fire instructor one. And our, our next, next process is proposed to include a fire instructor two, uh, as well as incident safety officer. Um, and you also need some experience and some time in the department to be able to do that. And as you go up in the ranks, so for captain, you need a, an associate's degree or 60 credits, uh, which also includes some more fire service-based courses, sure. officer two, um, some higher uh, level ICS courses. Uh, and for batch, uh, battalion chief, you need a bachelor's degree. Uh, also based in some sort of fire science or administration related program sure. and higher level ICS training as well. And kind of the purpose behind a lot of this is we want our, our people to have the best backgrounds they can and be the most developed so that they can have the most to offer our citizens and our department and develop as many programs as we can within our department. Sure. In terms of developing programs, Lieutenant Donahue, um, what efforts are you making at the station company level to train, educate your firefighters? Uh, <clears throat> as a matter of fact, uh, last week um, I, um, I talked to my, at 17 uh, we have um, uh, the mobile command, the mobile command unit, and, and I, I really, um, I really feel it's an opportunity uh, to impress upon um, all your personnel, you know, the, the importance of ICS, and one thing that uh, I, um, I obtained what well, was relatively um, relatively easy was um, was went through the FEMA professional development series and uh, I, I pretty much um, have set my people up to you know take that you know for their, their next evaluation period you know it kind of was a uh, with everything going on you know I think it's something that you can easily obtain because it's a self-study uh, self-study um, course and I remember when I got it probably back in 2000 I think 2008 it was only at that time probably only about 100 people in the state that had it. Um, and, you know, I just want to impress upon them to, you know, you can continue to, um, you can continue to make little, little uh, improvements every day or gain knowledge every day. Um, and that's pretty much what I'm doing at the, at the uh, company officer level. Sure. That's not required by the department, but that's going above and beyond in preparing your members for the future. Captain Stokes, what uh, daily company training activities do you develop or participate in at Engine 17? So some of the same similar things that Lieutenant Donahue was talking about. <clears throat> Him and I will pass each other in the morning shift time and just talk a lot just outside of Fire Station 17 as well in terms of how we can improve not only Fire Station 17 but the department and its whole. Um, I think understanding your members and understanding the needs and training developments um, that they want to go through is important. I try to talk to each one of my, well, I said try, I, try, I talk to each one of my shift members and I, and I ask them, you know, what are your goals? and I get a different answer from each one of them, which I expect. So once I know your goals, how can I help you work toward those goals? Let's all sit down, let's look at which classes that you need to take 
or you know what your end goal is you know not everyone want, not everyone wants to be a company officer some people just want to be dpo some people just want to be firefighters some sure. people just want to go to the rank of lieutenant or captain they, they may not want to or want or aspire to be a chief officer sure. one day within a department once i have that full understanding and we map out everything we start setting timelines to say hey these are the things that we're going to work on and these are the things you should try to get accomplished by this time frame and this will help you be able to pull the trigger on your uh on your next uh your next adventure or what you want to do um in terms of uh, just daily company training we train on a variety of different subjects coming from the health aspect of just um, emergency medical service and being a better ems provider and documentation and all the legality that ties into that um, we definitely hit that hard on a daily basis, but just not only that, just pre-planning, getting uh, get down to the community, understanding the the challenges a lot of these buildings may, uh, a lot of these buildings that we go into that we may face, and understanding the the, the most current and up-to-date topics in the fire service. Um, I think uh, both officers here, you know, would would wholeheartedly agree that it's it's an ever-evolving door, and I say that in the sense of that you can take something away each day you go to work. So okay. I start each shift with the morning saying, okay, hey, what are we going to learn today? Sure. And you don't have to come out being 100% better as long as you give me that 2%. So sure. that 2% way will eventually get you to that 100% to improve on something each day that's going to take you far in your career. Sure. And that 2% and that small thing that we learn each day can be just enough to keep you alive in that, you know, that tragic incident that happens, you know, and because we, we, we face that known each day. Sure. So we really don't know. Absolutely. Those are uh, valid points. And thinking in terms of uh, training outside of our department, um, have you all taken advantage of educational or training opportunities at the National Fire Academy? Uh, fortunately, I haven't had the opportunity to, to physically go there, although I hope to soon, but I've taken quite a few of the National Fire Academy's classes, uh, including the strategy and tactics for initial company operations, the leadership series, um, and incident safety officer. Sure. And I think all of those classes were beneficial in their own way. And what's nice about the National Fire Academy is it gives you a broader scope of things to look at than simply just our area. Sure. And that's a, a great thing for when you're looking into new types of training is going outside of our area because different departments, different areas have a lot of different things to offer that we could bring back and help improve our own department with. Absolutely, especially the uh, networking piece with our brothers and sisters from other right. departments, uh, gaining new ideas. Absolutely. Lieutenant Donahue? Uh, currently with my, uh, with my degree program, um, I haven't done a residency um, at the National Fire Academy, but uh, all my uh, current, well, six of the classes in my current degree program uh, correlate to the National Fire Academy. So the coursework um, correlates with uh, curriculum at the National Fire Academy. So um, it's been... It's been challenging, um, and but it's it's been um, something that um, because of your experience, and now you're able to kind of look at it retrospectively to understand uh, things on a deeper level, not just as a at the uh, at the uh, task and tactical level, but okay. at the strategic level. You sure. start to understand those things as you as you uh, get educated, um, you know, through the National Fire Academy and through uh, coursework. Sure. Captain Stokes. Similar to uh, Lieutenant Donahue, not a residency, but I've um, been able to take a wide variety of uh, National Fire Academy classes over the course of my career. 
Um, in addition to this, I've also really indulged myself in a lot of the FEMA classes as well. Okay. Um, one class that I like in particular was instant response to terrorist bombing out okay. in uh, New Mexico. Sure. So I was able to take that class and prevention response to suicide bombing incidents, and I teach under Homeland Security. So I go out to set up some residential courses, and we teach individuals within the fire service or the police department um, just different things and initiatives that come out from this course. Um, it's a great course. If anyone has a chance to ever take it and go out to New Mexico, you deal with real live explosives and they teach you um, different analytical ways to deal with terrorist threats and how to survey a lot of different things in terms of uh, safety measures. Uh, but the National Fire, Fire Academy uh, provides a, a excellent amount of courses that you can take that will help you excel in your career and actually develop, um, develop you to that point of where you want to go within the fire service. Sure. I'd like to thank you all for your time today, Captain Stokes, Lieutenant Donahue, Lieutenant Koppelman. Thank you for sharing your experiences on education and training in the fire service. I think we all come from uh, different backgrounds. We've uh, obtained different training through various mediums, but we all have the same end goal to improve every day. And that concludes another episode of the Richmond Fire Dialogues. I'm your host, Captain Michael Wilkins. Thank you for listening. Take care. Be safe.